All right, folks, what's going on? On this week's episode of the Land Podcast, we actually have an interview that I did on the Whitetail Legacy Podcast platform. If you don't know Cody and Ryan from the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, be sure to head over, check out their podcast and what they're doing. They run a lot of Exodus trail cameras, and they do a really good job of interviewing guests on their platform and just stand-up guys. If you haven't followed their podcast, strongly suggest it if you're looking for some more great content. They have new episodes on Wednesday. And if you're looking for a specific episode, I will tell you my favorite one of all time that they've done. It is the Rut Podcast with Heath Sisko. Heath is a big buck killer, and honestly, he just lays out his entire rut playbook on how he wants to plan his hunts and how he's actually set up and killed specific bucks during the rut at times. So just a standout, all-time great podcast episode, and if you haven't listened to it, go give it a listen, or also just maybe bookmark it closer to the rut, and I guarantee you'll get more out of your November if you do so. Also, just a reminder here, we have a sign up for resources you can head over to the link tree sign up uh, give us the email and i think we have a couple more books from pat porter to send out i've been shipping out about uh, five to ten a week here so anyone that has already done that thank you and the goal of this podcast remember is to help 100 people buy their first piece of dirt and we have actually added a few here to that and also we're going to be talking to some other folks that have built a pretty impressive land portfolio at a young age and how they did it. So just want to say thanks for all the support and let's get right into this week's episode. Have an awesome week. Let's go. I'm doing well, guys. How about you? You're good. Appreciate you making this happen. Our life is absolutely balls <laughs> to the wall right now. I'm assuming just like yours with as much as you got going on with, you know, selling land, running the new podcast and working with Exodus, you're probably busy as hell just like us. So everyone's busy yeah, <laughs> everyone's man. busy and has a lot of things going yeah. so yeah throw a couple kids in the works and then you're like i don't know what i did before <laughs> i was like 20 to 24 i have no idea what i did <laughs> had hella time to do yeah. nothing <laughs> yeah i still have no kids so i think that's what makes it a little bit easier i couldn't imagine having a yeah a, a full house man yeah, yeah. yeah. That gives you a little bit more free time, but we appreciate you coming on. We're super excited about your project. I, anything that you're involved with, you crush out of the park. So um, the kind of the lineup of what you're going to do for the normal guy, kind of like our pod, podcast, you know, you're just trying yeah. to give the knowledge that is really hard to get, you know, for you. I mean, you just have to talk to someone. Well, how was your experience? And they're going to be able to listen to multiple people's experience in, in one area. But before we get started in that, Introduce yourself a little bit for our listeners if they don't know you already. Yeah, uh, my name is Jake Hofer. I'm from um, central Illinois, not too far from you guys, really, as the crow flies. Um, co-owner of Exodus Trail Cameras. I handle the marketing for Exodus. And I'm also a licensed broker in the state of Illinois. Uh, I work with Land Pros. And I recently just launched another podcast under Exodus called The Land Podcast, as you kind of were alluding to there. So that's a, a snippet of me. Nice. Yep. You got your hands a little into everything. Like I said, we're we're kind of you know rooting for you because you're just such a nice guy and been a friend for a while. So um, I'm yeah. excited for this podcast to start ripping out. So we'll kind of dig into some details. But in a nutshell, what what can someone expect from from the Land Project podcast? Yeah. So it's just any any project I'm involved in always ends up evolving over time. But right now, as it sits. It is basically a podcast about the pursuit of land ownership for people who are like you and I that aren't pros 
who don't come from a fourth generation farm that are just like starting from literally square one or maybe zero and um, talking to people that are that were in a similar position, how they did it. Um, it it's going to kind of touch on just a lot of different strategies and kind of pulling together this knowledge base um, so people can be really good at their first purchase um, to where hopefully it could lead into more things or just maybe it's that one farm and they're super happy with it. It was a great decision, great purchase. They didn't get hurt. Uh, they didn't over leverage themselves and it's kind of like helping people make this type of decision because in real estate or really any sort of investing, there's so much information at your disposal. And then me as a person that deals with um, helping these people, I'm always trying to learn regardless. And I was like, man, it's, there's not a lot going on over here. There's a lot of like high level things, but there's no one that's like in the trenches. That's like, like you guys, I have X amount of kids. I make this amount of money. How in the hell can I prioritize my life, prioritize my life? to make this happen yeah um and to talk with people like you know that have done that process and i don't know i'm, I'm really excited about it yeah i'm excited too i'm i'm right on the edge of buying something to me and you've talked multiple times on it and you've yeah. gave me a lot of tips you know stuff that i could try and run leads on and some of them works for me some of them don't you know everything's a little bit different but it's going to be really nice to dig into everybody's brain you know maybe you're not from the Midwest and you're talking to a guy who's trying to buy in the East coast or he's trying to buy in Ohio, you know, and you're the only guy, you know, is, well, I might want to buy some ground in Illinois. And you're like, how am I going to figure out anything about buying ground in Illinois? There's no resource for it out there. And now some people have a place to go and, and find that resource. So. Yeah. And, and I've talked to people too, that have done 20, 40 deals in their life. And man, those guys are sharp. Yeah, they know, like they know, and it's like, okay, how do we, how do we help segue the difference between a guy that's at zero and a guy that's done forty deals? Like, trying to chop off a chunk of their brain and put it in, <laughs> yeah, uh, so we can all get a, a little bit of information from us. That's yeah. part of it too. Yeah, it's just like your first buck to your fortieth buck. You know, they they yeah. got to get a little easier over time, and you can kind of know what's coming up and know what you need to to get it done. But like me walking in six months ago, I didn't know hardly anything. I was just like, all right, I want to buy something. That's all I know. <laughs> and then yeah. you got to start from there. And then the, uh, the biggest struggle for me is just, you know, the, the, the find the finding the piece is really hard for what you want. Cause like the small, the small pieces are hard to find the eighties and yeah. above seem to be pretty much everywhere, you know, but the, the very first starter piece, like that 40 or 20, mm -hmm. those go quick, you know, they go quick and they're and they're the price per acre is a little bit higher too, because there's a larger pool of buyers. Yeah. And that's the thing. Once you get over that $350,000 price range, it seems that you're able to get a little bit better deal. That's just kind of what I've seen from pulling an ungodly amount of comps in the area. Um, but I mean, you have to start somewhere. I mean, it's a boatload of cash to try to scoop up three fifty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that down like payment would be be devastating. You'd be like, oh gosh, <laughs> there's a year's yeah. salary gone in one quick swipe. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. But I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that those starter pieces are key, and this to be prepared um, yeah. so you can move forward because, like you said, they go quick. So um, if you're like trying to figure out the ropes as you go, right then and there, it might not end super well for you yeah might be kind of kind of demoralizing when you figure out exactly what you need so for just in a nutshell just for our listeners if someone wanted to say you wanted to do something in five years down the road what would be just some key points that you could give them to say this is what you need to start planning to make the process way easier 
Yeah, that's uh, that's a great question. I think having a five-year timeline too um, should set yourself up to be able to actually make something come to fruition. Um, I'm not a lender, so take this with a grain of salt, but like talking with some banks and having good relationships with, with bankers in the area is key, whether it's a small three-branch bank or a single-branch bank or or a bank that you've done business with forever, just go in there and have a conversation with them. Hey, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm making this year. I think in five years, I'll probably be making this. Um, I have, I do or don't have student loans, or I do have a truck payment. Or like basically just walk through that whole financial model and say, this is where I think I'm going to be. Is this even, am I wasting my time sitting here or do I need to like, uh, like basically just walk through and get a really good idea. Um, and a good banker is going to walk through and, and have that conversation very seriously with you and like, if you do this, we can do that. Um, so that's really probably step one. Now, maybe that's just a phone call if you're just getting started. But as you get closer to the time to actually try to pull the trigger on something, I would definitely go in and sit, sit down there with them. So that's, that's step one, just making sure your finances are in order. Um, your household is in order. Like if you're doing this and it's going to be a constant battle with your wife or whatever, and she's like, I don't know why you bought that. Make sure, make sure it's not going to cause any, uh, uh, any rifts in the family there too. So like there's, there's just a lot of front end work to happen. And then I think, I think anyone that's ate up enough to buy a piece of ground can probably figure out if this is actually going to fit their deer hunting goals. So I think that's probably one of the easiest parts. Um, the other thing to consider too is like, a lot of people, I think, say, well, if it's an hour and a half within my house, I'm happy, or an hour within the house, I'm happy. I think that's another big thing. Like, what is your number one goal? Is it to hunt big, big, big deer, and that means you might have to drive two hours, or is it to have it 20 minutes of your house so you can drive by it every day if you wanted to? So, like, those are some things that give you about five years to do some soul search, you know, what you really want, because I think that's key. Yeah. One thing I've figured out is, I started talking to banks like a year ago, and some would do 15 years, some would do 20 years. I just found one that would do 30 years. And wow, if, yeah. if you can go around and, and fill it out, I mean, for a regular guy, 15 to 30 years is game-changer level of monthly yeah. payment. You're like, wow, okay, I can really stretch this out. Because on land loan, there it's kind of risky for the banks, you know what I mean, to step in. So a lot of them don't want to do more than 15 or 20 and for me, I'm like, man, if I could get a 30 year and pay a little extra, I'm in because you never know what five years down the road could happen. And if you're going to buy a piece of ground, you're either going to own it for a really long time or own it and flip it and try to get your money out of it. So for me, if I buy something, I'm just going to set on it and hopefully my kids won't struggle to find a place to deer hunt. That's the main goal, you know? So yeah, doing the research yeah, on the banks and going in and talking to them is something that I did. I did like eight to ten, maybe 12 banks and just went in there after I talked to you and just started talking to him. And then I talked to a different guy and then he'd point me to a different guy. And then I went to this bank and I thought this was the one. And then they led me to another guy. And then I'm like, okay, this is the one when I'm ready to yeah. go, I'll be ready to go on, you know, something that I'm comfortable with. And like you said, talking to your wife and figuring out like, okay, how how much am I going to, cause you think, okay, 40 acres, this is what it costs. What can we afford mm-hmm. monthly? You know, what's a realistic monthly payment? Cause that's going to dictate whether you're going for a 20, a 40 an 80. Um, mm-hmm. and then luckily my piece, well not, I mean, kind of luckily is it doesn't have any income. So once you fact, try to factor in the income off a piece and then what you can pay, that would get very confusing if it had CRP or ag, it, it would be very confusing on what you would actually need to get it all done. 
Yeah. Now, could you imagine doing all that with, with like a piece even waiting for, to come to sale forever? And then you're like, oh shit. And you're trying to track down yeah. 12 banks in 24 <laughs> hours and yeah. oh, so-and-so is going to write an offer on it. Like, oh my gosh, could you imagine how stressful that would be? So yeah, it's you're trying like to wait taking for a whole element of stress out of it. Yeah. yeah. And then another thing I did is if you're interested in a piece and it, maybe it's not for sale, approach that landowner and say, Hey, you know, in the next five years, do you have any, any chance that you think you might sell this ground? And if you mm-hmm. were to sell it, what would you want for it? So it doesn't, if it does come up to auction, you kind of have an idea of what they're expecting to get out of the ground. And I was pleasantly surprised when I found that my piece that I, how much it was, but it could have been the complete opposite. The guy could have, I could have saved money and been like, okay, I think I'm in the ballpark of what this guy might want. And he could have wanted a hundred thousand more, you know? And then I'd have been like, well, I'm not even close to, so the deal ain't going to work, but yeah. No, that's, I think that's something you guys are really good at is, is talking to people and, and kind of like hedging deals yeah. off market. Yeah. I think you guys, you're, you guys talk to a lot of people. That's what you guys do really well. And that's certainly a great approach. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah. Try to get an idea of what the guy's got in his mind before, you know, if you're going to go off market, if you're just looking, cause I looked at a couple pieces that were, you know, on market and there was a couple, there was one 18 that I was really interested in. I'm like, man, that's a nice little sliver right there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then I put an offer in on a like a sixteen five piece, and that fell through. And then, but then when you go from like that twenty to forty, you need a lot more down <laughs> yeah. payment. So you're like, I, well, God, I need yeah. a, I need a couple, I need a year. <laughs> Give me one year, <laughs> and I'll be yeah. in the ball game. So that's the plan now. Is just wait another, you know, wait like January time frame is when I'm going to try and pull the trigger. So I'm just yeah. saving pretty much everything I can and cutting it tight and picking up the hours when i can to, to make it happen so but yeah well, that's exciting it'll be here before you know it yeah i know sure. yeah once deer season starts the the end of the year is pretty much gone you're just like okay i say that all the time it's yeah. time over but so how, how many episodes have you released now so far us uh, so we have um we release episodes every single monday and we have i think three full episodes out right nice now. yeah so I, it'll be a mix of like industry experts um that i can track down and then the other um like rotating episodes will be a uh, first time land buyer series. So basically track down people that bought their first piece of ground, yeah. and everything they learned in the process, like what do they do for a living? So this, I think people realize they're way more relatable than, than what you think. And there's a lot of misconceptions of like, you have to make a shit ton of money or something crazy. Yeah. You know, it is probably just takes a little bit of planning and, and that's probably the one element is this planning. Yeah. One thing I'm really excited about for the podcast is I remember watching bill winky on there when he was talking about buying his first property and like how many transactions and how slow it was and then he you know he did this to get this and then but you know just made it made it happen and Mm -hmm. if if you look at that guy now you're like oh that's probably his family's ground he was loaded he got it passed down and you never know the full story but you're got you're given an outlet where people could come on and kind of tell like no this is how it really went down this is what i did to actually make it happen because I always thought Bill yeah. just kind of got that ground. Like, you never know. They don't ever talk about yeah. it. And then he actually, you know, when he ended up selling it and moving it, he kind of went into the whole story of it. And it was super interesting to me because I was like, man, this guy's been grinding forever for this. And then now he's giving it up. So definitely kind of changed my outlook on, you know, you think land in Iowa, <laughs> you got to just fall into that. Because buying that is, you know, pretty 
pretty hard to do. It's kind of like Landover by you. It seems like it's <laughs> twice as high as stuff around here almost. It's crazy. At least at least 20, 25% more. I call that the Chicago effect. But yeah. It's, the closer it's, you mean, get to I, Chicago, you got to add 25%. So it's yeah, crazy. Which is crazy. And then it's like we, uh, we just finished up a Wisconsin trip for Exodus, and we bounced around all of Wisconsin and um, Minnesota, and I was like looking at plane prices throughout the trip, and I was like, man, this – this looks gorgeous up here and it's more affordable than where we're yeah. at. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like, it's, it's like, like Northern Missouri. I'm like, Oh man, it's, it's pretty nice down there. <laughs> yeah. Way <laughs> cheaper. Way cheaper than what I got going on up here. But, and that, that goes yeah. back to like, you know, you have to make a plan on if you want it close to your house or you want to travel to be able to hunt. And, um, you know, the end goal would be to own something close so you could kind of work on a manicure and then own something far away that you could kind of take a trip on. And yeah, that's my, I would really like to own something small in like Southern Missouri, mid Missouri. So, you know, you could go down there and rifle hunt or something just to have, yeah, or go to Nebraska and be able to rifle hunt something different that you could throw in and then have your piece local. But, um, mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot of people get a piece and then pay that off and then leverage that piece to get another piece later on down the road. So, I told my wife, I said, I want to start as young as I can. So maybe, you know, when I get 50, I can leverage, have some leverage to get something else. So it's definitely a good tactic that people use. Yeah, we always, I always talk to a lot of people that are like in their late 50s. And they're like, man, if I was your age, you're uh, yeah. so like, I don't know if it's just, if they just say that, but it's like, well, I mean, definitely have time on our side at this point. So yeah, if you start sooner and um, chip away, quicker than later it should pay off or compound or something be exciting at least yeah they see the, the ground you know prices back then and we're thinking man it can't get that much higher but hey, it, it did for them like, you know they're like man yeah, if i would have like, bought this piece back then i'd be set so yeah and that's why a lot of times too like local ground like local buyers a lot of times don't buy ground in their home area especially as they get older because they can remember when it sold for a thousand bucks an acre and they're like oh it's crazy and then someone comes in from the outside of the area happily pays for that yeah and then it just continues this to continue rising mm-hmm. if you look at anything it's it takes about seven years to double with seven percent uh of growth so just think of that and land a lot of places i've seen five six seven percent of growth so every seven years it's going to roughly double um and you can pull like on the illinois illinois actually has university of illinois has actually a lot of really great resources on land and like land prices throughout the year uh, years it's more geared towards tillable um but i mean you can see it's, it's, yeah. it's seen some like tillable is, growth. yeah the some, tillable yeah. is outrageous yeah it's crazy yeah. and it seems like imagine. the farmers around here if they want it there's no price like they won't pay it's just like they're at the auction and same. they want it yeah. and it's close to what they already farm they just keep yep. bidding i'm like this stuff is going the per acre is <laughs> astronomical <laughs> right now so yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. Commodities if, right now are really strong. And that's where I think of with if you think hunting's emotional, can you imagine farming? Like I bet it's even more emotional because they're like, you know, I've been I'm fifth generation farmer here. We wanted to buy that for seventy years. Like we're gonna do everything we can. Yeah. Like, that's what I picked up. I don't know if it's for fact, but that's what that would be my guess. Yeah, that's what it is. It like attaches to this field or their you know, their grandpa yep. owned it or something, and then it's just like price isn't an option. We'll just we're just buy it because that's what we're going to do. Yeah. But with corn so high now, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Corn so high now yeah. they're making their money. And if they ever want to resell it, eventually, like you said, every seven years, you kind of, you know, the opportunity to resell it. It does seem like 
people start off with a 20 or 40 and then resell and use that down payment to get something else and um can, i'm go can, ahead can you kind of go through that there jake and is it as easy as that sounds or is there more to it than than just that as far as like ground compounding that much yeah 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 or like yeah. having yeah. having this piece and then you got you got your 20 off the get-go and then you want to get into something bigger and just like kind of cody was saying using that as leverage to to get into something yeah. bigger yeah i personally have not done this so i can't speak from experience but um that's basically what the most of the time it is like you already make that giant sacrifice and you feel like the wind gets knocked out of you out of you when you write that first down payment check and you're like holy cow i can't believe we're doing that and then as they chip away and they get more equity in that and then if you decide to sell it and hopefully get you know 20 20 30 on your money in four or five years and then you have all the print or all your down payment already and then you have the equity and then you have what you sold it for a profit and then now you have i don't know maybe two or three times the amount of cash you actually put down and then you go put it down 20, 30% down on the next piece. And then so the core cash continues to grow. And that means you're able to get more pieces. And then as you kind of like break that barrier, like we talked about, like the small first time starter pieces, and you can go and buy a bigger rec piece. Um, I think that's where you can walk into a lot more equity. Um, I think a lot of times with smaller pieces, you're probably paying close to retail in terms of like, what is it raised for? Like, what's the true market? Just because the pool of buyers and it's so much more competitive to get into it. But as as you like continue to um, get outside of that basis, then I think you can probably find some deals too. And then that way, uh, naturally, you're going to be in a better position typically down in your life. Anyway, you're going to start making more money, hopefully. And like your kids are going to go off to college and then you have less kids at your house. You're like, yeah. So it, I think life kind of sorts itself out. And then also just the assets you have in hand, you know, increase from paying off the property and then also from it appreciating as well. Yeah. If you, you know, it appreciates some value. And, and then if you can get into something where you get some, had some tillable on it, you know, that'd be the end yeah. goal where you get some income, you know, taxes a little cheaper and work that and then build off that. The year, the younger you start, I feel like the more you can build, of course. But if you, uh, if someone, if someone ran into some money, that'd be the thing to do is like buy an 80, just buy an 80 off the rip and don't start small. And then you're just, yeah. your collateral will build so much. As long as corn stays $7, I mean, it's going to kind of keep ripping. <laughs> yeah. As long so. as commodities stay where they're at. Yeah. Those should stay there. But, um, Aside from that, too, I talk to a lot of people, too, and naturally I ask them, like people that started with a small piece, are you glad you did that? And it's, of course, I'm asking the wrong people because every single person like, it's the best thing I ever did. Like, yeah. It's the best thing I ever did. It's the best thing I ever did. And it's like, damn, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. I'm not quite ready, but yeah. uh, you say it's the best thing ever. So like that's, and you're not talking to people that maybe over leveraged or they lost their job or they got divorced or something crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't, those people aren't like, yeah. It's, yeah, it was the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but overall, for the people who worked, it worked great, and they're very happy with this. That's kind of what I always come back to. Yeah, that's that's like we were talking today. I mean, everybody wants to own a small piece just because you have the freedom to do whatever you want. You don't have to go to the landowner, even if you're leasing, and be like, "Hey, kind of thinking it's about planting yeah. a food plot over here, or I kind of want to put some cedar trees out." You just do it. You just like. Mm -hmm everything out there like that tree yeah i own that tree like if you want to cut it down let's cut it down <laughs> right, you know like, man this tree's gotta go it's yeah. hosed me two years in a row yeah. it's gotta go no i really like that tree yeah the owner's like i don't want you cutting any trees and then you know you own it and then it's just a it'd be a completely different outlook even i think if you did kill something off that ground it's just a 
completely different feeling because the first one you kill after you own it's gonna be incredible you know mm-hmm. you finally you did all the work the effort saving all the money and you own it and then even if it, your kid killed off of it and you get to see that and then you're like one day this will be there this just a compounding not only making money but compounding the memories on that property and the opportunity to i didn't start off with any land but now if i buy this my kid's gonna have this whether they buy it or they sell it or they hunt it after i'm gone they're gonna have that option when instead of me having to grind i think that's how every giant farmer got started their great grandpa was like i'm gonna i'm gonna send it on this 20 acre coal mine ground and then now (laughs) you know three years down the road they got 20 acres then he got 40 and then they compounded now they own 2000 and they farm 2000 you know and they're just rolling so someone's got to start that eventually and hopefully you know our listeners if they're thinking about buying something small they just knuckle down and can do it but we we had this conversation it's really nice to have a lot of money in the bank you have that cushion and Mm -hmm. i i I was on the edge like man it's like nice to have that money there because if anything happens you feel solid you feel secure yeah and to just have that ripped away and you're like well i got this grass over here (laughs) (laughs) it's good to go you know that it's definitely a, a really risky move that's why you got to plan it out you got to understand like this is what life is going to be for x amount of years this payment Mm -hmm. isn't just going to go away so it's there yeah that's where it comes down to the planning for sure yeah you don't want it to be like some knee-jerk reaction i think having a really strong foundation and an idea where you're comfortable and not overextending yourself yeah it's i definitely would say that's key um when you were talking about you know kind of trying to find an area to hunt is there any resources that you found or people have talked about where they're looking for ground are they looking at like harvest data for certain areas say you want to buy like in a certain county or how are how are people going about that it's different it's different for areas um i do most of my deals pretty close to where i actually live so i think that's where if someone from out of town you know asked about a parcel there's a good chance i know three of the four neighbors yeah. <laughs> the property and like what, what's getting killed there. So that's certainly an advantage of working with someone that's truly local to there. I see some agents like cover a giant part of the state and then you ask them questions like, Oh, was that, was that parcel leased at all? And they're like, no, it wasn't. I was like, I know people that <laughs> yeah, it. So, yeah. it's like, you know, like, so you don't really know if you're getting the full story and scoop. So I think in terms of like people that I work with, I try to, to be transparent with them and what's going on in the area. Now, I think harvest data is definitely something that a lot of people do, but a lot of those like Boone and Crockett entries, like I feel they're not a true reflection of the area. And I think that there's pockets of, I mean, with whitetail cribs and what we do for Exodus, there's pockets of deer, big deer everywhere. Yeah. Like, any of the states, there's some areas where it's like some really big deer. So I guess if someone was to like be on earth for the first time, the key would be to like find those pockets and not necessarily mm. rely on a lot of like the hard that's data. kind of but, where i try um, to get my lease i'm like i know where the pocket of giants is there's like good deer all over and then there's pockets yep. of like really really solid deer and i'm just like i gotta find something in that crevice and the one i'm trying to buy is like on the very northern edge of the armpit of <laughs> the main trunk you know and you get a random yeah. flyer every now and then but if I could get that and then work my way south, that's what I need to do. So, yeah, and you guys know those pockets. I know my pockets in this area, and that's I think the key um, for someone that is not familiar with the area. But if someone if someone's 
find in an area that they know, if they're crazy enough to make a giant lifestyle change to buy a piece, they probably know where they're buying it. Yeah, so yeah. Another thing I thought about is if if a guy is interested on a certain piece, you know, listed on the market, to maybe go and talk to the neighbors and be like, hey, you know, do you guys do any hunting around here? I'm thinking about buying this or. Yeah, you got to be careful with that, though. Cause yeah. You get the discarded neighbor. There's no deer here. Like, yeah, there, there's no deer at all. Confused. That's what I hear about this one place. There's no big deer out here. I'm like, I do not. I don't yeah. believe you guys. <laughs> yeah. 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 I helped the guy buy some ground and, um, people that were there prior leased it for like 12 years and then we ran into them and they're like there hasn't been a deer over 140 inch uh, 140 inches ever on this deer so why'd you lease it for 12 years yeah (laughs) we just like going yeah we just like going out there yeah yeah there's been some slammers on there since i've stayed in contact with them and it's like if you would have got discouraged from that you i mean you're thinking like oh crap i screwed up but just like knowing the area and like where it was like there's big deer there yeah, there's, I mean, there's been one sixties, one seventies, and a, even a one ninety got killed off the neighbors there last year. Nice. So it's like, yeah, you just know the area. Like when you know the area, you know the area. It's like a second language. You can look yeah. at the map and be like, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. But, yeah, and then another thing that you know, my wife was my wife was like the giant push for me to buy something because I keep losing leases. You can't lose mm-hmm. a lease when you own it. You know, you yeah. get in somewhere, you get the ground really figured out, you start killing. Or then, like, last year, we got a giant piece lease. There's big deer all over it, and then you lose it October that, 12th, yeah. and you're like, well, what are we going to do now, you know? And, and you can't lose what you got, what you bought. You know, you that's yours to hunt and decide. So that's a giant factor because around me, it's pay to play. Like, mm-hmm. there's no one that's just like, yeah, just go ahead and go out back and kill as many as you want. <laughs> They, pretty much coons. If you want to coon oh, hunt, yeah. there's no one that coon hunts anymore. If you want a coon hunt, you can literally go to any farmer and they'd be like, yeah, just go annihilate them because they ruin the crop so much. And mm-hmm. that's that's the only reason we get a turkey pl- turkey hunt the place that we turkey hunt because the guy's like, too many turkeys out there eating my crops. I'm like, there's like zero turkeys on your piece, <laughs> but we're going to keep hunting it because it's, it's the only place we got. <laughs> nice. That's funny. But, yeah, it's crazy. And even like you made mention too earlier, like when you have a lease in terms of you're not doing, you're not making it the best version that you can because yeah. it's like, do I really want to pay to plant trees and I could lose this next year? Mm-hmm. Or do I really want to like invest in this parcel when I can? It's, uh, when it's your own, I mean, you can treat it like 100% like your own because it is. And I think that's super exciting in itself. Yeah, you never know. I mean, you could have the best relationship with the landowner, been hunting there for 10 years and like your landowner a couple years ago, wife gets cancer and they're like okay we might we might have to sell a piece the life happens and you don't ever know if you're gonna you know be able to to hunt that the next year the you know a light switch thing could happen so i know a lot of people that hunted the same piece for 15 years and then one year they're like well we're not we're not up there anymore i'm like whoa you know you guys been there forever and now they have nowhere because they've been they've been set on that one piece they can just go and go and go and if we lost our one piece of private, we'd be 100% public, you know? So we got to get something locked down, and this is this is the way I'm going to try to do it, so. Yeah, that's exciting. So what's your what's your timeline then? Like the, before this season or next year? Probably next year, yeah. I'm going to – the the amount is figured out. The bank's cool with it. It's just me signing the down payment check and – sending the horses <laughs> we'll send yeah you know. the uh i'm gonna need like what are, what are the giant horses 
The uh, Clydesdales? Yeah, we need like two Clydesdales to hold the amount of balls <laughs> it takes to sign that check to the bank. Because <laughs> it's just like, that's completely out of my element to spend that much money on anything. Like, I'm always yeah. like, I'm going to buy the cheapest thing to get me by and it's going to work, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, that's just my personality. But this is the complete opposite. You just got to throw ass loads out of it and you're like, okay, that was the bad part. Now it's just the plug away. I can handle the... I can handle the monthly payment. That ain't the problem. It's just that mm-hmm. that full send of the it's the the mentality thing, you know, the you just got to get okay with it and just say, "Okay, this is what I'm doing. Here it is." So, I'm almost there. I still want to drain my savings to 100%. I want to have a little and that's when yeah. I said, "Hey, will you give me till January?" I said, "That's fine. I'm not in a hurry to, you know, sell right now." So, I said, "Okay, this will give me another 6 months to crevice so i'm not at zero but i got this piece of grass over here (laughs) (laughs) so that's exciting though man i'm excited for you yeah so we kind of did you know making a making a plan um figuring out the area you want to hunt you know making sure to talk to your wife is there anything else that you could think that the you know to let a guy know maybe something that a you know a guy on the podcast has has said that was seemed like a really solid tip that wouldn't be thought about (laughs) Yeah, there's been some really good um, episodes. I mean, we did a, a buyer's guide checklist with Jeff Sturgis, and like that was a really good conversation. Yeah. I've actually listened to that a couple times myself, just to like because there's a lot of good information in there. His biggest thing too was I think some people are paralyzed by the amount of time, uh, like how long they look for a parcel. And he said if he wanted to buy a parcel, he could find one in about three months. I think you've talked to people. Well, I'm sure. And like, I know people that are like, well, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for the mm-hmm. deal or I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for this one parcel. And like all of a sudden six years pass and you still don't own a piece of ground and you're right where you were. Um, so that's one thing that I found interesting. Like once you are ready and um, you know, no parcel is going to be perfect. Um, kind of like pick the best one you can and start enjoying it and make it to what you want. And then eventually you can find, you know, that quote unquote dream piece. But um, like with his, habitat plans and everything i feel like you can make a lot of parcels really good and he's walked through like you know if you have these types of neighbors then do this if you have these types of neighbors do that so i think that that is a really good conversation um and the biggest thing is just being sure that you're on board and like you're willing to make the sacrifices and uh, hopefully have it compound into something really exciting like like you said bill winky started at zero acres and built literally an empire yeah um from some conversations i've listened to on other podcasts sound like he was like they're uh glad everything went right because yeah. if it didn't it could have went really wrong so yeah, like he was he was like really balance. really stressing or you know stretching it thin when he when he got yeah. the second piece because he was like i don't want anybody else to get this so i'm just gonna go for it you know and that's that took some balls but it paid out for him you know he worked worked and made a career out of killing absolute giant whitetail so hoping to yeah, talk to him really soon i'm excited about that mm-hmm. yeah yeah, that's yeah. We're we we're hopefully supposed to record a whitetail cribs with them in oh, August. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it was it was kind of cool. We sent him an email. I sent him a cold email, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I watch a lot of them." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like yeah. that's that's pretty cool. Uh, so they're getting their their new place set up. So if they're if they're ready, he's on my list to email this. Yeah, it, it was like, super cool uh, what, when he. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Or when he started posting all of his mm-hmm. bucks to Instagram. 
I was like, I had no idea. Like, you don't watch all of them get killed. And he's like, I killed this one this day and this. And it was like 30 something days he did that. I'm like, all right, this guy's got, this guy's got some, some bucks on the wall for sure. So, yeah, that was really cool. I knew who Bill Winky was, but I, like, within this last year, I've started watching a lot more of his content. I was like, man, this guy's, yeah, real deal. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I've always liked his content for, for years. It's been like one of my go to Midwest Whitetail and, he wasn't there last year, and I'm like, it's still good, but that voiceover voice, it <laughs> cannot compete with that. He could get a full career of just, <laughs> you need video. a voiceover on your video? I yeah. got you, man. <laughs> the, uh, the video that they put out, and it went through every deer that was killed off of um, his piece, and it had like his kids out there and stuff. I really enjoyed that because, yeah. I mean, it just got to see that not just Bill in a tree, but Bill out there with his family. And um, mm-hmm. he's he's killing deer, and then, of course, he's getting his kids on deer, and, and you know, they're getting it done. And um, I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I have to watch that. It sounds yeah, Yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah, you guys been absolutely crushing the white-tailed cribs, man. The amount of work you guys put in for that is just – we, we talk about it like – the amount of work people have no idea how much work that takes like props to you guys because that is just an absurd amount of work to bring video content to people so. yeah i mean we have a full team to do it so um even like last week we're uh, we hired a new a new guy named lucas uh to help edit a lot of the youtube videos and, and be another field producer so last week it was uh chad myself cameron and lucas and we were on the road the entire week like Milwaukee, Madison, and lacrosse, and then Minnesota, and then all the way back down to Milwaukee, and then like uh, southern Wisconsin, and a week, and then you're recording podcasts, then yeah, too. And then you have it so freaking scheduled tight, and you're like, I wish this podcast could be another 40 minutes, but we have to be yeah. in the next spot <laughs> in a half hour. So, yeah, uh, it's fun, man. It's it's cool. It's um, I don't go on all those trips. Cameron pretty much handles a lot of the, the whitetail crib section and edits all of them. So, um, but man, they're fun whenever I get to go on them. I, I, anytime we get to go to Iowa, I always go. Because yeah. it's just it's just another world over there. And yeah. then yeah, you just get to meet a lot of cool people. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I uh we're gonna talk to Scott Buckley here soon and oh yeah. And uh he was talking about, you know, he's like that was pretty cool when they came over. I was like, Yeah, I I liked it, man. I, I dig it. So you guys going to Iowa, that's always where they're like I, I want to go just one year. I live so close, but everybody's like, man, there's just, there's just one thirties everywhere. I'm like, well, I signed me up, man. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. You know? yeah. That sounds awesome. Cause I'm struggling to see one. When we talked to Ryan last year and he's like, yeah, yeah. there's bucks everywhere. Yeah, he's like, there's bucks everywhere. We weren't seeing, it was when it was hot. Yeah, we weren't hot. seeing anything. Dude seeing eight, 10 bucks a day i'm like what? he shot a slob too, yeah, right? yeah yeah i'm like yeah. what is going on he's passing all kinds of deer i'm like okay we're out here struggle busting to shit is legit i guess see a fork and horn <laughs> you guys I'm, should just jump the border yeah you guys I, should just jump the border we're like an hour look like an hour away from iowa you know we got like 12 buddies and we keep saying we all just need to get a piece over there just buy a piece over there and then we all we all rotate get, it yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. The one of us would draw a tag. Here we are. But here we are. <laughs> here we are. Here we are thinking, oh, maybe northern Missouri. Maybe maybe northern Missouri. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, gotta get the gun out to get a chance. <laughs> yeah. Even the, the people in Iowa, I think, are some of the nicest as well. Um it, there's like very I don't know. I love Iowa too. Um if I were to move anywhere, it would definitely be Iowa. Yeah, I think so too. Me too. Iowa or northern Missouri or somewhere. 
if I didn't have what I have established here, I'd be out of Illinois. That's guaranteed. But once you're kind of established and you got your you, roots, you got your. The only thing we got is we got whitetail. If we didn't have whitetail, huh? this place would be trash. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, we got yeah. that going for us. Other than that, we don't really have a knot. Turkeys are even kind of at yeah. least over here on yeah. And, but I mean, you go There's west pockets, a little yeah. bit, yeah. yeah. I you feel like there's a, a whole different population over there. Yeah, around here it's just kind of kind of yeah. shaky. Yeah, it's it's in the pockets for sure. All right, well, where can people find all this content and uh, and absorb yeah. it? Uh, so for I'll probably send you two link trees, and I'll have all the links in there. But um, you can head over to ExodusOutdoorGear.com. Uh, we're getting ready to do a Velva Fest here, like yeah, really soon. So that's something we're always really excited about. This year is going to be. The coolest year by far, I think. Um, we have some different things. We're simplifying the campaign a little bit, so that's exciting. Um, you head over to the YouTube channel, Exodus uh, Trail Cameras. Um, we have podcast, Trail Cam Radio, and then we have the Land Podcast, and we're pumping out like four videos a week on YouTube. So if you like hunting content, um, there should be something. There should be one series that you like. So uh, I de- definitely would appreciate that. And it's awesome to hop on here and talk with you guys. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been awesome, man. I wanted to get this out to our listeners. I feel like... There's a lot of just normal guys that are on the edge of thinking about buying in our listener base, kind of around mm-hmm. our same age. So I think this would be beneficial for them to maybe come to your podcast, take some of this yeah. knowledge and scoop up as much as they can and make a plan. Um, like five years ago, I wasn't even on the radar to even think about buying a piece. So that's how fast your life can change in five years. You mm-hmm. can really, you know, so if you're making a plan right now and everything goes good, and you're prepared, and then in five years, you're even better off than you were throughout your planning, so it's going to be that much easier. Maybe you can, instead of getting a 40, you can get a 60, you know, but if you're planning on that for five years, I think that's really, really key, so. Yeah, they can help me up, give me a call, too, because I think a lot of times each situation is different. I'm not the end-all, be-all expert, but I definitely would be happy to bounce around. Yeah, we've talked for hours about it, so you're definitely a good good asset to have on a phone number call to to get some some in-person, you know, intel. Maybe maybe that question wasn't answered on the podcast, but they know where to find you and they can just direct yeah. direct ask you. So, Yeah, one last thing. The goal of that podcast is to help 100 people help buy their first piece of ground. That's something I take super serious. So um, whether it's like just a piece of information or I actually talk to you on the phone or I help connect you with someone that is a legitimate expert in where you're looking, um, I want to help 100 people. I don't know if it's going to take one year or 15 years. I don't care. Uh, but I'm going to do that, and I'm super excited, you know, to get some to get some of those last names that have been in the plat book for maybe four or five generations. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, that's, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Exciting. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a huge goal. To, I mean, just just to have that legacy, you'd be like, man, you know, I started this free content just to try to help people out, and look at all the names that you know, maybe just a little bit of tidbit made it a little bit easier to really make their dreams come true. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to help normal guys dreams come true. Cause I don't know anybody that whitetail hunts that man, man, if I could just own this 40 that I'm hunting or I could own this 60, I could fine tune it and make it my own. And this is given the outlet that people need to, to finally be able to do that. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I was, I've been sitting on this project for probably December and then I was like kept dragging my feet and I was like screw it like I got four podcasts in the bank just gonna press <laughs> yeah. publish let's go yeah. figure out 
I go, I'll, I'll never have more time. So just get it going. Yeah, that's true. You never have more time than you do right now. It's always getting smaller yeah. and smaller. So, all right, man, so, well, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, there you have it. Just want to say thanks to Cody and Ryan for the invite on their podcast and also letting us use it here for a kind of cross collaboration here. So anyways, we hope you guys have a fantastic week. Velvet Fest is rolling for Exodus. Head over to the website, type in Velvet Fest. You're going to see all the details there. And also, we hope you guys have a fantastic week. See ya.